You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Thursday, November 2nd. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I am Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, professors who work in the Clark Building started a petition against CSU to take action in making the building safer, faster. Learn more in Campus News with Tyler. And a free legal service for domestic violence survivors in Fort Collins will end next year. Learn about this and more with Lee in local news. Then, as always, there are a handful of things to do in Fort Collins as we move closer to the weekend. Tyler will give you a rundown in events news. Later on in the broadcast, Toyota is recalling nearly 1.9 million RAV4s to fix a problem where turning sharply can cause the car to catch fire. This and more in national news with Lee. And with that, we'll get started with the campus news. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University campus news. This week, professors from the Clark Collective, who all teach in the Clark Building, started a petition against the school. Clark is the most traveled academic building on campus, with thousands of students going in and out each day. It is also an aging building being built in 1968. This petition calls for the university and Amy Parsons to take urgent action on the building's state of being. This also comes at the same time when Clark A, one of the newer sections of the building, saw water pouring in from the ceiling earlier this week. Clark A, B, and C are all in need of renovations with plans to completely demolish Clark B on the way while leaving A and C closer to their current state. They argue that not only are the renovations not coming soon enough, but that the plans are flawed, saying, quote, The revised plans leave Clark C as a building that is grossly inadequate for fulfilling the academic mission of the university. KCSU will stick with the story as it develops. ASCSU Vice President Alex Silverhart is pushing for new wellness vending machines to be placed on campus. According to an article from the Collegian, ASCSU has a goal to provide easy accessibility to things such as emergency contraceptives, birth control, fentanyl tests, test strips, Narcan, and other over-the-counter medications. Silverhart is hoping to partner with the CSU Health Network Pharmacy to make these vending machines a reality. Plans to gain funding for these vending machines will be to obtain the money through a Senate bill. Freshmen will be the target users for the vending machines as they often live on campus and struggle to pay for the full price of these products. The goal is to keep the price at or below $10 per item. And finally for campus news, the Colorado Alliance of Research Libraries and the Elsevier Journal Package have opened up contract negotiations. The current contract will expire at the end of this year, and these journals are crucial in the process of conducting and sharing research from university to university. Sixteen libraries in Colorado and Wyoming are working on striking a deal, including CSU. Coming up next with Lee in local news, record-breaking levels of domestic violence are happening in Colorado. Find out more next. In local news, legal help for domestic violence survivors in northern Colorado will shrink next year. One free service will no longer have the funding it needs to operate. The Bringing Justice Home Legal Support Group is part of the Crossroads Safe House in Fort Collins. After relying on funding for years, the group will stop getting grant money from the Department of Justice at the start of next year. The Crossroads Safe House has been a place of refuge for domestic violence survivors in Fort Collins and nearby communities for decades. Executive Director Lori Kempter says that this year, it's been extra busy. According to Denver 7, Colorado has been seeing record-breaking levels of domestic violence. 
In a report from last year, Colorado's domestic violence deaths hit a record high for the second year in a row. The report confirmed 94 deaths. That number is 1.5 times higher than the average Colorado has seen over the past seven years. Kempter says that because of those numbers, it's extra important for the Crossroads Safe House to be able to support survivors, and the Bringing Justice Home group has been one of their important legal support services. The legal system is often one of the biggest challenges for survivors to leave their abusers because of its costs and complexity. Bringing Justice Home gives free legal services in cases like divorces and custody battles. Managing attorney for Bringing Justice Home, Haley Dunn, says that they've helped over 270 people this year alone and that, quote, no one else is there to provide help. Because of that, Dunn says she was devastated when she learned that the DOJ would stop funding the program. Bring Justice Home has several smaller funders to support it, but Kempter and Dunn say that the grant from the DOJ has been the program's biggest key to keep it running. The grant provided about $600,000 over three years. Kempter says the grant was first lowered last year, and now she says that they were given notice last Friday that they wouldn't get the grant at all for next year. She says the program will likely only continue providing services until January. According to Denver 7, Kempter is still trying to learn from the DOJ why they weren't able to keep getting the grant. She said, quote, It takes a good chunk of money to be able to operate that program, and unfortunately, that's just a service that we're not going to have in our community any longer. Kempter said she felt deeply for the survivors they won't be able to help. So far, the DOJ has not made a public statement on bringing justice home no longer being part of the grant. If you're planning on driving to the Border War football game this Friday, you might see extra police on the road. Police from both Colorado and Wyoming are suggesting having a designated driver if you're planning on partying. Both states will be beefing up their impairment patrols on Friday between Fort Collins and Laramie. Before, during, and after the game's 6 p.m. kickoff, extra police will patrol along Highway 287 and I-25. According to the Coloradoan, the annual bronze boot rivalry usually draws in a big festive crowd. Many Colorado drivers make the trip up to Laramie to see the traditional trophy handoff. Colorado State Patrol says that while tailgating can be fun, it can also be fatal if you don't make plans for a sober driver. According to the Colorado Department of Transportation, 11 deaths reported on Larimer County roads this year involved impaired drivers. Three of those deaths happened on Highway 287, part of where police will increase patrols this Friday. The Fort Collins City Council approved changes to the city's land code earlier this month. The decision was made in a 5-1 to one vote, and it came after months of feedback. The land use code aims to meet the Fort Collins community's housing needs, but residents have expressed concerns about affordability and costs over the years. These new changes aim to up housing availability and choice in the city. The, update co the updated code document has also been made easier to understand. It's now more organized and includes visual diagrams. The main goal of the changes is to offer diverse housing options, but many code requirements and regulations are staying the same. One regulation that won't see any changes is the city's U plus 2 policy, which is a policy that's been given a lot of community feedback recently. The city council said in a news release Thursday it appreciates community engagement in shaping policies. For more details about the land use code, the official City of Fort Collins website has information available. There you can see the bulk of the changes and the new full code. 
I'm Lee Zimpel, and those were your local news updates. Coming up, there are a lot of events lined up in Fort Collins this week. You'll get a rundown with Tyler after the break. Support for KCSU comes from Comet Chicken. Located in Old Town on Mountain Avenue, just west of college, Comet Chicken serves up boneless, skinless, hand-breaded in-house tenders, french fries, salads, sandwiches, and made-from-scratch sauces. Offering no-contact carryout, online ordering, curbside pickup, and delivery from Nosh. Open for lunch and dinner and breaks in between. More information is available at CometChicken.com. I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. And now, for the events. Tonight, we'll see some great music playing throughout the city, all the way from jazz to hip-hop. Starting at 7.30 p.m. at the University Center for Arts is the Jazz Combos Concert. Presented by Colorado State University, the concert will feature a small group jazz band playing jazz favorites, deep cuts, and original music. The event will last tonight until 7.30 p.m. Also tonight at the Aggie Theater is the Beastie Boys tribute band Sabotage. Teaming up with them on stage will be Gorilla Radio, a Rage Against the Machine tribute band, and the School of Rock house band. This rockin' night of music starts at 8 p.m. Tomorrow night keeps the music going with Nessa Barrett, who is playing at the Aggie Theater and will be playing her deeply personal songs about her mental health struggles. Songs touch on topics like bipolar disorder and depression, making her music unlike anything else. Grab your swim trunks for tomorrow, as Chilson Recreation Center will be hosting a glow swim party. The lights will be dim, and the swimmers will be glowing. The event includes free glow bracelets and necklaces, glow volleyball, and a photo booth, and lots of fun. The event starts at 7 p.m. and lasts until 9 p.m. Tomorrow we'll also see the musical Carrie, based off the Stephen King book, which takes that story and forms it into a musical adaptation. This story follows a teenage girl with powerful telekinesis powers. You can catch this show at the Harlington Arts Alliance at 7 p.m. In the evening tomorrow, join city council members in the holiday lighting ceremony. The event will be held in the Old Town Square and see plenty of bright festive lights. The event starts at 5.30 p.m. Saturday morning at 7.30 will be the Nature Photography Hike located at Riverbend Ponds. The event will, be, will offer the chance to observe and photograph wildlife in the area. All levels of cameras are accepted for this event, including phone cameras. And Saturday night sees Noah Gunderson come to the Aggie Theater on his If This Is The End tour. The singer-songwriter will be coming to play a show at 8 p.m. as doors open then. And if you drive a Toyota, then stick around. After the break, Lee will be going over the massive recall happening in the country with Toyotas. Also, an update on nearly 200 bodies improperly stored in Colorado.
98.5 KCSU. Toyota is recalling nearly 1.9 million RAV4s to fix a problem where turning sharply can cause the car to catch fire. The recall covers certain RAV4s from the 2013 through 2018 model years. The problem is that when making sharp turns, the car's battery could end up moving, which would basically let two parts you don't want touching to touch and short circuit, possibly causing a fire. In a statement, Toyota said that some replacement 12-bolt batteries used in these models are smaller than others, so if the clamp that holds it down isn't tight enough, the battery could move. Toyota said it's still preparing a fix, but when that fix is ready, dealers will replace the clamp, the battery tray, and other parts to make sure the battery stays in place. Toyota said it should notify owners by late December. So far, Toyota hasn't said if the problem has actually caused any fires, crashes, or injuries. If you have a RAV4 and you want to check if it's part of the recall, you can enter your car's identification number, also known as the VIN, on the website nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls. You can also check by visiting the Toyota website. Last week, a man opened fire at a bar in Bowling Alley in Lewiston, Maine, killing 18 people and injuring over a dozen. On Wednesday, the White House said it's now the deadliest mass shooting in Maine's history. President Joe Biden is set to visit Maine later this week to mourn with the community. In a statement from the White House, Biden's, Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will travel on Friday to pay respects to victims. The possible shooter, known as 40-year-old Robert Card, was found dead of suspected suicide after police spent days searching for him. During the manhunt, officials ordered locals to stay inside and schools were closed. Investigators are still figuring out the motive behind the shooting, but they are focusing mostly on Card's mental health. Authorities said this week that Card's family showed concerns about his mental health to the local sheriff five months before the shooting. According to the Associated Press, Card also had a mental health evaluation after acting erratically at a training facility last summer. Over the weekend, thousands of people gathered for vigils for the victims. Residents began going back to work and school on Monday after stay-at-home orders were lifted. In a written statement, Biden called the shooting senseless and tragic, and he urged Republicans in Congress to help pass gun control laws like bans to assault-style weapons and universal background checks. Out of respect for the victims, Biden ordered U.S. flags on public property to fly at half-staff through Monday. Police are still working to identify and notify families after nearly 200 bodies were found improperly stored at a Colorado funeral home early, early last month. And now the funeral home is facing a lawsuit over possibly sending families fake ashes. On Monday, a Colorado family filed a lawsuit against the funeral home. They said the owners allowed the remains of their loved ones to, quote, rot away while they sent families fake ashes. The discovery at the funeral home came after reports of a bad smell coming from the building. The funeral home, known as Return to Nature, is in Penrose, about 35 miles south of Colorado Springs. 
Officials have started identifying remains and notifying families that their loved ones were part of the discovery. According to the Associated Press, some of the bodies were even there for years after they were said to have been cremated and given as ashes to grieving families. The lawsuit accuses Return to Nature and its owners, John and Carrie Halford, of intentionally causing emotional distress, negligence, fraud, and violating a number of Colorado laws. So far, Return to Nature and its owners have not made public comment since the discovery of the decaying bodies. No arrests have been made. In a statement, Andrew Swan, who is an attorney who will represent the families, said, quote, In death, these men and women deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. Instead, they were defiled. Information for this story comes from the Associated Press. That'll be all for national news, but coming up, Tyler will get you up to speed on all things CSU sports right after the break. Hey, so I'm having some trouble with my streaming service. Please select from the following options. Can I just talk to a person? Sorry, that is not an option. Please select from the following options. Seriously? You called? No, no, not you. I'm just sick of robots, and I just want to listen to some music. You know what? This is DJ Silent G, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins, operated by actual human beings. Support comes from Chipper's Lanes at 830 North. Chipper's Lanes offers a variety of fun, including bowling, laser tag, live music, and more. They also offer a full restaurant and bar to elevate your night. For more information, visit chipperslanes.com. Again, that is chipperslanes.com. This past weekend, CSU played the Air Force Falcons in a snow game that had some surprises. One surprise was the competition CSU displayed against such a highly rated team. The Rams threw for 297 yards, while the Falcons only threw for 32. Total yards were close as well, with CSU having 46 more yards than the Falcons. However, the highlight of the game took place off the field, with students being penalized for throwing snowballs. CSU students caused an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to be thrown at the Rams, costing them 15 yards and later setting up a successful drive for the Falcons. Fans were warned twice about the snowballs until referees finally took action. That puts CSU at 3-5 and five for the season, sitting in second-to-last place in the Mountain West Conference. Coming up next for Rams football is the fan-favorite Border Wars against Wyoming. The two schools have played 77 consecutive seasons, and this year will be no different. CSU is hoping to take home the boot against Wyoming. Wyoming is currently 5-3. and three. Wyoming won the boot last year in a tight game with a score of 17-16. to 16. This past Sunday, the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs for the first time since 2015. This win snapped the 16-win streak the Chiefs had over the Broncos and marked Patrick Mahomes' first loss to the team. 
Also tonight in CSU Sports at 7 p.m., women's volleyball takes on San Jose State. The team will travel to San Jose, California to take on the Spartans. CSU is currently 14-10, while San Jose is 12-13. Tomorrow night, the Nuggets will take on the Mavericks after their defeat against the Timberwolves. The NBA champs are currently 4-1. And with that, here's Lee with the weather. This week was a bit of a sunny recovery from the snow we saw last weekend. As we move closer into this weekend, we'd expect to keep those sunny skies. Last weekend was a very quick taste of winter, but for now we should be in the clear and it should be much warmer. Today we saw a high near 64 degrees and sunny skies. Tonight it'll cool off to a low of 37 degrees. We'll see some light and variable winds after midnight. On Friday, it'll warm back up to a high of 66. We'll see some clouds, but other than that, it should be mostly sunny. Friday night will be partly cloudy, with temperatures dropping to a low of 34 degrees. Saturday, it'll look pretty similar to the next couple of days. We should see a high of 64 degrees. The sky should clear up after Friday. We'll see a good amount of sun during the day and some calm wind. Those clouds will roll back in, though, Saturday night as it cools off to a low of 36. Then Sunday will heat up to a solid 70 degrees. We should see partly sunny skies, and it'll be relatively breezy for most of the day. Sunday night will be a similar story. Those winds from the day should carry over into the evening as temperatures reach a low of 35 degrees. Thank you for joining me for this week's weather forecast. All information comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We'd also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.